Welcome to episode 10 of the Brinkman podcast, the podcast where we talk about the audio drama, The Brinkman Adventures. I guess that's pretty obvious. I'm Eric Schilder. And I'm Sarah Boltman. And uh, this week we're talking about Dangerous Waters. That was one of the early episodes, wasn't it, Sarah? Yeah, one of the very, very back in the way, back in the beginning. Way, uh, way, way back. Way back. Ian was probably uh, struggling for things. Uh, to, to find actors yeah. and, and things like how, that. How do we even do it? Now he's a pro. He's just he's pro. slick. So we're talking about Dangerous Waters. And uh, Josh, do you have a clip for us? Jesus tells us to love our neighbor. And you are our neighbors. Yes, ma'am. In the back row. What's your question? My name is Anna. I have been in charge of all anti-American activities in La Francia, for more than 25 years. I have been a member of the Communist Party all my life. I came here to stop this meeting. I have hated America, and I have hated Americans. I have listened to you tonight, and I understand that you are sincere in what you believe. Now I have a question for you. You talk about a god of love. Your god cannot be a god of love. A few years ago, my seven-year-old granddaughter was struck and killed by a drunk driver here in La Vrencia. How could a god of love allow such a thing to happen? What did my little girl do to deserve such a thing? I'd like to answer this woman. Michelle, take my guitar. I'm going to go back to her. Anna, I had a seven-year-old daughter who was struck down by a drunk driver, too. I will never understand why that happened. I do know I'll see her in heaven someday. I'm not mad at God because my daughter died, even though I don't understand why it happened. Anna, I don't hate God. I love God. I know His purposes are different from mine, and I've learned over the years to trust in God. He knows what's best. Anna, we love you. (laughs) Folks, we want to thank you for coming tonight. We'll be up front here if anyone would like to talk. And we invite you all back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We'll sing more music and tell you more of this good news about Jesus. Good night, friends. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Josh apparently, uh, you know, grabbed the pivotal yeah. the pivotal scene there. with it's an intense scene. And, you know, the thing is I can just picture Anna, the, the Iron Lady there, mm-hmm. with probably very severe hair. That's what I can think. You know, <laughs> you know your picture. Pulled back head, just so tight that, you know, stuff would glance off it, yeah. I think. And her anger, yeah. which... Uh, comes very well through that particular dialogue yeah. and also then for the compassion that gets shown to her. And, and it's a huge question. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people will ask right. a lot of the time is, well, if there's a, if there's a good God or, or if God is good, uh, why, is why, why does this happen? Exactly. In fact, I think there was a, a famous atheist uh, who, I mean, basically that was mm-hmm. the sum of his argument was there is no God because he doesn't believe behave the way I think he ought to. Hmm. 
And so, I mean, that's a great... It's a big question. It, it really is. And, you know, this is part of a greater story. And I think I'd like to get a little bit more context yeah. as to what was going on and, and what was happening. And to that end, we have with us on the line, Dave Anderson. Welcome, Dave. I'm really glad to be part of this. Yeah, we're so glad you're here. Thank you so much for taking the time and speaking with us. You know, I want to comment on that uh, on that clip that you just made. Uh, the man that uh, said the loving words to, uh, actually, it's a woman by the name of Rosa, mm. is a man by the name of Dub Page. I was going to ask that. Who just that. died uh, a few months ago, actually, at mm. uh, in his mid-90s. And he had gone to the Russian Far East. He and a couple of other people had gone for a trip that could only be called soft evangelism. Hmm. I mean, this was not a sort of a Billy Graham uh, kind of a crusade or anything like that. It was uh, two or three guys that went over unannounced to a community in the Russian Far East, and they had a kind of a town hall one night, and the sequence that you just played actually happened uh, because Rosa... Uh, who was the head of the Communist Party in that community for 37 and a half years, um, was a bitter, angry person. And she had had the child that was killed by a drunk driver. That's all true. And what Dub Page said to her about his own child is absolutely true. That's not made up at all. And and, um, the response... Uh, apparently they could hear a pin drop in that audience, um, and this was in 1992. Hmm. Uh, and it was the result of that so-called, what I'm calling soft evangelism, that we were invited a year later to go to that community with a team of people, about 20 of us, and wow. four small planes, and a lot of food, and a lot of medicine, and 500 Russian-language Bibles, illustrated Bibles, and um, and a keyboard and a sound system and a guitar and so forth. And we spent a week loving on the Russians, and in the middle of that week, I was told about uh, Rosa hmm. and this exchange that had happened a year before. That's so interesting. And uh, she had been coming to our meetings, and at the last meeting, at the end of the last meeting, the last testimony had been given, the last song had been sung, um, and the 500 Bibles uh, were had been passed out to people who held them as though they were ha- hanging on to gold. And then our interpreter came up to me and said, Dave, Rosa would like to be baptized. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, and, that's in the um, episode. I wondered if that was I true. I had heard about Rosa, and and so we baptized Rosa and her grandson, and I mean, it's just wow. that part of the story is as incredible as everything that happened later. Wow. That's amazing. And I think I love it that, you know, the Dangerous Waters has three different parts. And I think it's neat. We've never done a three-parter, I think, after that. So it's kind of kind of a special one. But I love it that we focus down on that story because it's miraculous. I mean, to have a woman it really is. who is in that and state. And we would not have been invited as a team 
to consider going back there. I mean, the people in La Brentia, there's been no church in that community ever. Hmm. No missionary, no pastor, no evangelist had ever gone to that place. And uh, it was not that the people in La Brentia issued us this great invitation. Hmm. It just was at the initiative of a friend of ours who's a missionary pilot in Alaska, whose dad is Dub Page, the oh. man who did this exchange with Rosa. And he was the one that initiated this thing, and lo and behold, 20 people show up in that community for a week of loving on the Russians and passing out the food and the medicine and the Bibles, and oh my. That's amazing. That's a really big group. I mean, 20 people to come on one little town. And, and, and this is a community on the other side of the Bering Sea, on, in the Russian Far East, that had been told for decades to hate America and hate Americans. They mm. had been told that Americans stood in food lines, all of us, mm. not just the poor among us, but all of us would were, were just barely existing mm. here in America. And so when 20 of us came with food and medicine and the Bibles, and then presented these evening evangelistic programs. I mean, it was a shock to that community. And 10% of the town came every evening. Wow. Uh, How big and was And they the were hearing community? the gospel for the very, very first time in their lives. Hey, Dave, how, how big is was the, uh, the broader community there in terms 3, of 3,000 people at that time. Okay, so yeah, that's pretty small. And I mean, I I have been to the little villages in Alaska. I've been to Nome. I've been to, you know, White Mountain, these very remote places. And I'm imagining it's a little bit like that there. Is that true? Just very well, barren? Well, the little villages in Alaska, and I've been to quite a few of them too, are not nearly as large as 3,000 people. I mean, you have to get up to <laughs> Nome to, to be in that category. Yeah. How, how important do you think it is you know, when when you go on, if you will, there there are a combination of relief and missionary trips. Um, you know, the the physical care that you bring along with the spiritual care. Yeah. Oh, it was extremely important that we brought three thousand pounds of food. We brought great big gunny sacks of uh, carrots, uh, cabbage, onions, potatoes. Mostly that kind of stuff, and um, and we it, we stored it until it was until the people themselves did the distribution. But we stored That's it in cool. the basement of their what you you could call a town hall. Um, and I just want to tell you that under the stairs, going down there, there were there were maybe several hundred bound books, hardbound books. That were that were uh, a string around of uh, you know eight or ten books or five books or something like that, and I asked one of the people there through our interpreter, what were all those books doing, just getting moldy under the stairs in this town hall? And after the Cold War uh, was ended and the Soviet Union fell apart, the people in that village went through their library, and they went through all the books that told lies about how wonderful the Soviet Union was and how awful the West was. Mm. And they threw away all those books, and it was about half of their library were just wow. 
uh, books that were thrown away, and, and I actually had one of those books with me in the airplane when we came back to uh, Alaska. Unfortunately, that book is at the bottom of the ocean right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to get to that in another, in a, in another time. That but, is, uh, that's crazy. You know, I remember in the episode yeah. hearing the pharmacy student, and I don't know, I want to hear from you how, how much of this actually happened, where he said, you know, you say and you do, um, a lot of people, you know, say stuff, but you actually are doing it, and I believe. This was at the very end of the last meeting, and Anatoly was a pharmacy intern from another part of Russia. He said to me, because he saw all the medicine, I think we brought, well, we brought a lot of medicine. I don't remember how many pounds anymore, but it was a lot of medicine, a lot of pills and, uh, and other medical supplies. And he said in this extremely simple English, you say and you do, I believe what you say because what you do. Wow. So for him, <laughs> the gospel started to make sense to him because we brought the medicine. And it was like we weren't talking out of another side of our mouth. We were um, caring about their very real medical and physical needs, and we were caring about their spiritual needs. And that started, he connected those dots. That's really, a lot of times when you go somewhere, people don't communicate that clearly what it is that kind of makes it real to them. So that's kind of powerful that he, he was able to communicate that to you. Or, or, they, feel, or they feel like you're, you're trying to get an angle and they've become right. cynical. I mean, you know, yeah. it's kind of one of those things where you've got the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. which is, you know, put that woman, Ro- Rosa, was it? Rosa? Rosa. You know, uh-huh. you know in, in that meeting at that time uh and 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 put uh mr page there as well uh at that time and so you know you have these these sovereign acts of god bringing this together and then you had the fall of communism at the same time which was in a sense it was it was the right time because there was a oh absolutely the, the cynicism if the hadn't Soviet started Union yet. had not fallen yeah. apart we would never have been able to step step foot in that community. Did you did you fear for? Let's put it that way. Did did part of you fear for your safety during the time that you were there? Or no, no, we really didn't. In terms of the politics and the communism and the you know the after effects of the Cold War, we did not sense any fear about those issues. I'm curious a little bit about what you said um, earlier, the trip that happened the year before where Anna actually came to the Lord. What did you mean when you said soft evangelism? And how was it that she heard about the Lord in that? Soft evangelism is is when when you would... Like, I've, I've had many experiences telling the rescue story on airplanes at 30,000 feet with people, some of them believers, but many of them not believers, mm. And to tell a story of miracles, which points to the supernatural, it points to God, without my necessarily getting out a Bible and preaching a 20-minute sermon, hmm. um, that you can, comes under the category of soft evangelism. Or just, I mean, just 
loving people who are hurting, mm. you know, churches that are doing great service to homeless or uh, to hungry people or to meet physical needs, that kind of comes under the category of soft evangelism. It, it's in contrast to uh, somebody sitting in the pews of a church or going to a meeting or something like that. That That is kind of blatant evangelism. But soft evangelism is when you plant seeds. Okay. And you don't necessarily do the harvest, but you plant seeds. And I think it's so interesting because, you know, he was doing, quote-unquote, soft evangelism, and she came to the Lord. So I just think that's interesting. Oh, it is. How that came about. Oh, ep- Yeah, that's powerful. I'm sure that God worked on the heart of this woman. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's God's Holy Spirit that draws people to mm-hmm. himself. It's, so it's not Dub Page, and it's not Dave Anderson, and it's not mm-hmm. any human being. But uh, God used those times a year before and then the year that we came there to uh, bring her to faith. And I would love to hear, you know, from the man who talked with her about his own daughter dying, hear from him how he reconciled that. I mean, he's, you said he's passed away now, but I mean, that's what a, what a perspective to hold. Oh, it is. And you know, Mother Teresa was asked one time, and I think if we could, had if we had Dub Page on this phone call, uh, he'd he'd concur with this. Mother Teresa was asked one time, uh, when you stand in the presence of God for the first time, what are you going to say? And she is reported to have said, "I'm going to say you've got a lot of explaining to do." Hmm. And and I'm sure that. You know, Doug Page and other Christians who have had losses, children, spouses, I mean, just the list goes on and on, would say, I don't, this side of the finish line, I don't have all the answers. I don't, I can't tell you exactly why this took place and how God, you know, allowed this to happen. And it's one of those things we walk by faith and not by sight. Right, because there's, there's no way that you can, even with our minds, sort of logically explain uh, how it all works. And I think that's a, a large obstacle for people to overcome. Yes. However, seeing someone in or talking to someone in the same situation yeah. who has retained their faith and is persevering, uh, has an extraordinary impact mm-hmm. uh, on people. And, you know, it could be in the sense that uh, this woman, her heart was being prepared even prior to yeah. her encounter. In other words, just to admit and be able to express yes. her bitterness. Because that's yes. that's the one thing I found, um, mm-hmm. you know, I I visited Russia, and there's a, there's this level of bitterness and, and distrust uh of of everything of their own government and of foreign governments yes. and so it it really is a remarkable and and miraculous encounter yeah. uh it's a very yes. powerful story yeah it is yeah thank you so much for letting us tell that dave i mean it's it was an honor to do your story and um yeah we're just so grateful <laughs> you, that we you, could share it well it in a very real sense and i don't want to you know sound necessarily unnecessarily humble about this or anything but it's really not our story 
I mean, we we went through it and we experienced it, but we sure didn't think it up, <laughs> and we didn't write the original script, <laughs> and uh, so we're just really glad that we could be part of it and uh, and that we could see God's action. Oh my! Yeah, Dave. The whole story from beginning to end. Yeah, Dave, if I can just uh, ask a follow-up, which is, do you know what's going on in that village-slash-town now? I don't. I was back there twice, <clears throat> but that's been a long time ago. Um, and at the time that I went back there, there were still about 3,000 people there. But um, since then, I have come to understand that about half of the people have left. And the people that are left are mostly Chukchi Indians and Eskimos, uh, Inupiaq Eskimos and Chukchi Indians. In other words, in that area of Russia, there are Eskimos, cousins, Mm -hmm. in a sense, to the Eskimos across the Bering Sea in Alaska. But there are also native people, Chukchi Indians. It's like, you know, what we have in America. And most of the people that are left are people living by subsistence living, animals, berries, fishing, and so forth. Um, And the white Russians, for the most part, have left. Once the Cold War really ended, uh, there was no more need for uh, military and white Russians to be out in that part of the Chukchi Peninsula. Uh, of of the Russian Far East, uh, because the 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 anticipated invasion of Russia from Alaska, of course, never happened, mm, yeah. and so the significance of of the communities in Provedenia and Lavrentia and other communities um, decreased dramatic dramatically. So that's what I know about that community now. Yeah, you know what's interesting? We actually get hits on our website from Lavrentia. So if you have a website, you can see the demographic of who has gone on your site. And we've uh-huh. got several people from that town on our website. So I just think that's kind of interesting. Who knows what God is doing even now continuing to do, you know, through this story. And and if you are in Lavrentia right now listening to this, bless you. We wish we could visit you. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be neat if we got a comment from That'd be there? Cool. Uh, you know, say, "Yeah, I'm listening, and yeah. I'm the daughter, or I'm the descendant yeah. of the of this person." Uh, Dave, uh, as we wrap up here, I'd just like to give you the opportunity to let people know uh, how they can, you know, contact you, where they can find out what you're doing now. Uh, do you have a, a website or a Twitter account or uh, yep, something like that? Um, the the rescue story, uh, both aspects of the story, the the part of the story that in the Russian Far East and the plane crash and rescue that followed are on a website called therescuestory.com. In addition to that, there's a 58-minute documentary that is actually on YouTube, and you can go to YouTube, type in The Rescue Story, and you'll see the, the whole 58-minute um, cool. Uh, documentary video. We have a book called The Rescue as well, and our P.O. box is 51510. 
5150 Minneapolis. I've been in Minneapolis today. Phoenix, (laughs) Arizona, 85076. Um, Our phone number is 480-838-8500. So if anybody wants us us to send you a video, the 58-minute documentary, or one of our books, uh, we'd be glad to do that if anybody has questions about Great. the whole story and what you've just heard. You're welcome to give us a call or send us a note. Thanks, Dave. We really appreciate that. I would encourage everyone listening to go check that out and to um, take a look at the things that David said because I think it's really it's interesting and it's, it's powerful, wouldn't you say, Sarah? Mm-hmm. It's an amazing story. Can I just say also that the ministry that we're involved in now is called Shepherd's Canyon Retreat. We provide week-long counseling retreats for burned-out pastors and their spouses and other full-time church workers. And the ministry website is called shepherdscanyonretreat.org. And that, that's fantastic. Thanks, Dave. We will uh, talk to you again, hopefully. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the Brinkman podcast. If you're interested in listening to any previous podcasts, uh, we can be found on iTunes and uh, also on BrinkmanAdventures.com. If you get a chance to listen to the episodes and like to comment, we uh, would appreciate uh, those kind of comments on iTunes. Or you can go to our website and go to the Contact Us page and leave us a comment or a question. We'd love to maybe be able to answer some questions on the yeah, podcast. That would be really fun. All right. Send in your questions. <laughs> Send in your questions. Yeah, cool. And we thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.